0: Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's up, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. Amazing broadcast today. Author Sarah Beckman back on the podcast talking about her book, Hope in the Hard Places. We first ran into Sarah with her book, Alongside, and it's Essentially a manual on how to help those around you who are in crisis and it has been so resourceful for Laura and I in fact as we interviewed her we were going through cancer and surgery and all this craziness and that book really we drew from it so many times hope in the hard places is for those going through the crisis what you can do, how you can reach out for help, all of those types of things. It is absolutely amazing, and you are going to love her. Speaking of love, we love all of our listeners. Thank you so much for helping the podcast grow, for sharing it with your friends and family. That's how we are growing, and we've got an amazing resource pack for free, chock full of things to help you out today. Text the word REBEL to 444 Again, text the word REBEL to 444 and we'll send you the resource pack. If you've already signed up for the newsletter, email me, help at rebelparenting.org and tell me to send you the stuff and I'll get it to you right away. Without any further ado, here is Sarah Beckman on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Sarah Beckman, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We just played this little video, and it has like an ocean with a sunset, and then our logo comes in, and it's like pretty music. And so we just played that on the video. So,
1: Oh, exciting. Yeah,
0: thanks it for being on the show exciting. today. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, I'm always happy to be with you guys. I adore you. Oh,
0: thank, oh, thank you. Thank our you. program today is sponsored by MyPillow. MyPillow.com. You get to use the code word REBEL for a big, fat discount on pillows. And I know people are asking me like, They don't they never like do it in the comments section, but I see my friends on the street and they're like, dude, really? My pillow? Like, how many times has that commercial played? I'm like, that played everywhere. Like, I've seen that commercial and they're like, but for real? Like, is it a good pillow? I'm like, I know. I'm so picky. I'm embarrassingly picky about stuff. And I love my pillow. Like, I have this. (laughs) I used the same memory foam pillow for so long. And then I didn't know what to do. Someone's like, Do you ever wash your pillow? And I'm like, Oh, I can't. It's memory (laughs) foam. Like, what do you. And then I was like getting grossed out by it because I had it for so long. And I was like, Oh, I have to get a new pillow. And then my pillow called and we're like, We want to sponsor your show. I'm like, Sweet, send me a pillow. Oh, their pillows are so amazing. Yes. Like they really do. They form to your head and then it's cool. It's like all airy and, Ooh, I love it.
1: Yeah, I, and they travel. If you didn't know that, yeah. I I sometimes serve like in disaster relief, and I brought my pillow. I made that thing as small as I could possibly get it, and I brought it with me, and it was oh, amazing. Nice. Oh, that's nice.
0: Didn't plan that. Our guest has a my pillow. <laughs> Our <laughs> oh. guest has my pillow. Nice, and they make travel pillows too. We have these little tiny travel pillows that then you put on top of a hotel pillow, and it like makes it a better pillow than the hotel. I Ooh. hate hotel pillows. Like, yeah. you lay in a hotel pillow, and then your head hits the mattress. Yeah. you yes. like, oh, great. This thing that touches both ears and doesn't do anything for my head.
1: Yay. Yeah. So true. Yep. Love the MyPillow.
0: MyPillow.com. Code word REBEL. Big fat discount. Sarah Beckman, you wrote a book called Alongside, and we got that right before Laura went through cancer surgery. Mm-hmm year ago like yeah. we're coming up on one wow, one year look at your cute cancer awareness hair
2: cancer awareness hair it's all pink it's it's so cute you're the, so
0: cute for the podcast <laughs> listeners my wife's got short bright pink hair right now and it's in recognition in of cancer awareness month
2: and being cancer free for a year that's right Woo-hoo!
1: all the praise.
0: praise oh all the my praise.
1: goodness thank god
0: That book alongside, I've used it a bunch of times. Mm. Like when friends go through hard times, I jump right back into it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I don't know what level I'm at. Like you don't want to be too close if you're not that close. and But you also, for those, like I have a friend that's getting ready to have a transplant. And I'm I'm not excited for the transplant. I wish he didn't have to go through that on every single level. I don't want that to happen. And I'm like, oh, I get to like, give you meal cards and be a part of the meal train and like ask if you need help because they helped us when we were in need. And it's like, Oh, I get to help again. Like it was so helpful to figure out where I'm at, how close I am to the person. And based on my closeness, what kind of help can I give, Mm -hmm. you know, and not having people say or not being one of the people that's like, how can we help? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. How how can you help? Yeah. Think of something that might help and then do it without making me think about it in the middle of, like we just went through, we were in vacation and we were supposed to fly home and then Laura wasn't feeling good so we went to the doctor and he said, your wife has appendicitis, have surgery right now today.
2: In a couple hours. Yeah. Right.
0: And I had some people that were like, hey, you need something, I'm coming to give it to you right now. And I was like, what? um okay (laughs) weird like so alongside has been so so helpful and now you've got hope in the hard places and this is not for the people surrounding the person going through a hard time this is for the person going through a hard time
1: yeah yes it is
0: so after writing the first one what was the impetus for jumping back? I mean, it's it's tough to tell hard stories about yourself and go through those times again and be super vulnerable mm-hmm. and know people are going to ask you questions about losing your husband and all the things you've gone through. What made you think like, no, 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 for sure, I'm diving right back in?
1: Yeah, well, it was because every time I spoke at any event – and I had the book for the friend or the loved one, I didn't, then people would come to my table and say, but it's me. Mm. I'm the one in the middle of the hard thing. So what about me? And I was like, "Um, we're getting to that. (laughs) But interestingly, I started with this whole notion of how difficult it is to receive help, which you guys have probably been on the other side of right, it is just even if people do it really well, even if they're removing all the barriers and the burdens and doing specific things and doing it without asking, it's still very difficult to be on that receiving end. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, really difficult.
0: It really is. And I, I think none of us really realize it until you go through a hard time, how hard it is just to be like, okay, you, you can clean my house. Like You feel so awkward and like you're taking advantage of someone. My friend Jeff, we were on tour together a million years ago. Before we were both married, he was in a band, I was a preacher, and we did 52 shows in 54 days together on buses, in minivans. Right. And when Laura had her surgery almost four weeks ago, Mm -hmm. not quite, Out of the blue, he's like, hey, dude, I live a block from the hospital. What do you need right now? And I was like, oh, no, no, man, I'm fine. And he wrote back, like, for sure you're not fine.
1: (laughs) Yay, friend. I live here.
0: What do you need? And at that moment, Laura was like, they just said I can have coffee. Hospital coffee totally stinks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And
0: I felt really bad. I was like, can you bring Laura coffee? And he's like, yeah, what do you need? Do you want coffee? And I was like okay, can I pay you for it? And he was like, for sure, no. Do your kids want cake pops? Do you need food? And he just, I'm not sure what it is. I know pastors have a hard time with that. I know everybody does. It right. was really, really hard. And he came, he brought his daughter. He was like, no, 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 we'll just leave, we'll leave. And I was like wanting him to stay for a little bit. And like, and I felt so touched and so blessed and awkward why is it hard to accept help how do we get over yeah. that hurdle because i was super overwhelmed like yeah. we're, st- we're couch max. surfing we have a place to stay but it's i feel like i'm on top of people and all those things what do we do to get over that hurdle to actually be like no no no, no definitely need help
1: Right. Well, I mean, that, that is what I heard from everybody. So then that was the original idea for hope in the hard places. It was literally going to be a book about receiving and asking for help. And mm. honestly, my publisher said, are you joking? If you don't want to receive help, you're not going to go into a bookstore and look for a book uh, about receiving help. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, duh. That's why we have publishers, right? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. speak yeah. truth. So we kind of went back to the drawing board and realized that it was just part of what people need, right? They need the whole book. They want the encouragement, the hope, the biblical truth, the practical, tangible ways, but they also need to be taught how to ask for and receive help. Mm. And I feel like it was a big part of my mission with this book is to give people permission mm, to receive permission to receive. Yeah. Yes, and and, yeah. and if i could have it would have been the whole book but it's not a full book it's just a couple chapters so i love that story that is circling around the internet about the boat and the man's like there's a flood and he gets on top of his roof and he's waiting for help and he's praying to god right and yeah, then yeah, yeah. he yeah, sets the so. canoe, and the boat comes, and the called, canoe and comes and the canoe comes and the raft
0: comes and the helicopter comes yeah the
1: whole thing yes. is- and then he gets to heaven because he gets overcome by the waters. And he says, why didn't you save me? And God said, what did you want? I sent this, this and this, and you didn't take any of it. Mm. And so I think we forget as believers that we should recognize that this is God's hand, that this is God reaching into our circumstance, Mm. showing us that he is here. Mm. And yet we shun it, push it away because we're prideful or embarrassed or ashamed. I mean, depending on the circumstance, certainly yeah. you're not ashamed that you have appendicitis. Right. But like, what if it's financial or divorce or a wayward child? Like mm. there's shame and embarrassment. And yeah. so we don't want help because that might mean that I did something. Right. And, but, you know, we oh, know... We-
0: that's yeah. so deep though. That's it really is. It's so deep. Making Neil Anderson was talking about that a few weeks ago when I talked to him. He said, "You know, there's no meal train for depression and anxiety and, you know, and Porn you know, a sick kid alcoholism. or yeah. alcoholism. Oh yeah, he said alcoholism or a prodigal child." And it's like, "And there should be." You know, it shouldn't be something. It's everyone right. goes through it. Like mm-hmm. everybody goes through those things. And we should just be there, you know, Johnny on the spot, jumping in, doing whatever you can.
2: Do you ever come across people who say that they want help and then that no one's coming to help them? Like almost like the, I don't want to say victim mentality, but
1: getting people like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, Definitely. I see both. I see people that are, I mean, literally I wrote about a friend in the book who was drowning. I mean, she had cancer. She couldn't cook for her family. She was praying to God and her church called and offered meals. And the first thing she said was no. Yeah. Mm. And, but then, you know, she realized I'm a fool. I, I have to receive this. Right. So sometimes we say no, but yes, there's people that, I find that people qualify or they only want help from certain people that it's most comfortable to receive from. So if it's a stranger or if it's someone they know less well that's willing Mm -hmm. to do something they're like, Oh no, like I can't let them, but you know, this stripping us of our pride and our, um, Mm -hmm. just that resistance, it's so difficult. And I had to do it so many times. I mean, bed rest and four back surgeries. And I talk to my 91-year-old mom about this all the time, about how difficult it is to actually receive. I mean, she can't lift her arm higher than her shoulder, and she can't put the dishes up on the high shelf, and she can't lift, but she still lives alone. And so she's practicing that art of receiving all the time. And she's such a good model for me because there is humility in knowing that when we are weak, he is mm-hmm. strong, amen. And it's, it's, so, just, vulnerable. It it's so vulnerable, it is,
0: especially you know, like your house is a mess, and you're like, What if my kid freaks out? and it's like, No, no, your kid should be freaking out, you're having surgery, it scares them, they're gonna act totally differently than they normally do. And you just have to, like, it's that time where you have to be like, Hey, if you judge me or you don't judge me, I just can't care about that. I, you know. Or like my house is a wreck and you want to clean it. And I'm like, but then you'll see how it's yes. really messy and I don't want, you know, like, what do you mean? your Of course your house is messy. You've got cancer or whatever. You just had a kid. And I remember we had Lincoln and then two weeks later we found out Laura had a five inch ovarian blood clot that I found out when they were giving her a CT scan and then the doors burst open the lore on a gurney and the doctor goes, are you the husband? And I'm like, yes. And he goes, follow me. And they're running down a hallway and he says, your wife has a blood clot. And if it breaks free, you're going to lose her. And then they go into another room and leave me at the door. And I was like,
2: right. And signing papers. <laughs>
0: so yeah, the next day her sister-in-law shows up with a couple of her kids. And in my eyes, Pam is perfect like they have a beautiful house and it's perfectly decorated and it's always organized and they homeschool their kids and their kids are all intelligent and they do really well in sports and Ah. they parent so well and they're involved in ministry and they do all these amazing things. And like, I was just, I mean, I wasn't like here in the water. I was over my head and she was like, go to sleep and just like organized in my kid's room. And took the bassinet out of my room because I wasn't sleeping with him in the room. And like, just, she just did all these things and didn't take no for an answer. Just was like, no, you're dead. You're dying. And I'll take care of all this junk. And I was like, uh, uh."
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and just to finish that kind of notion, I think it's so important that we realize that we're actually returning a favor of blessing to someone when we allow them to let, to help us. And it literally says in the Bible, love your neighbor, come alongside, carry each other's burdens, like all of the commands of scripture to actually reach out and be the hands and feet. And so the problem is that when we say no, we rob those people of the blessing of serving us, but also the blessing of being obedient Mm. to what the word says, right? If there's no one to help, if no one will receive, then how can I fulfill the commandment to love people?
0: I don't know how we convey this to people, but Laura and I were talking earlier. Like when we got married, it was, we got married quick. So that was awesome. But we got married (laughs) on the beach at her brother's house, and the nephews were there. And it was a really small wedding. So we only invited like the closest people to us. And, that made some people mad. And everywhere we looked was just like awesomeness everywhere. And on that day, I never dreamt that in less than a year, her mom would die of a heart attack. In barely one year, she would have a blood clot and almost die. That she would get stage four cancer and have to have facial reconstructive surgery. That. The appendectomy would happen and the doctor said if we didn't have the surgery, she would have died on the way home. Like, I was unprepared. And then I started thinking, like, we don't prepare for our kids doing drugs or having sex or getting mad and yelling at us or marital fights. Somehow, it is like less than .0001% of people dream like, hey, someday a lot of these bad things are going to happen and we should, you know... Shore up and get some pre-counseling and think of what will happen if these bad things happen. And I Mm. knew a couple, they went on their honeymoon and his wife had the flu the whole time on the honeymoon. And when they got home, it wasn't the flu, it was cancer. And then Mm. four years of cancer treatment and chemo and losing your hair and being sick. And nobody prepares for any of the things that we for sure know will happen. If you're married long enough, all these things take place What do we do to prepare, or how do we talk to people about preparing?
1: Yeah, (laughs) such a good question. Well, in my estimation, it's about the whole way we look at our Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. So in my life, I know that I need people that are close to me, that I am accountable to, and that I trust with anything implicitly, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I see people struggling, it's people that never invest in friendships or outside relationships, or they they keep like this super tight circle, or they're too afraid to reach out and be vulnerable and like face kind of the struggle of being a friend to other people. Right. But like the people that I know that are going through hard things that are supported, it's because they've been supporting first and they have made a priority of relationship and faith filled friends and a church group that they love and adore. And, you know, like there are ways that we can be prepared. I mean, I think of one of the stories in the book was, you know, I had some crazy stalker guy, like literally sending me tragic pictures, like and gross, his like things um, and referencing my daughters and mm-hmm. on my phone. And I was three months from launching the first book. And what what's a girl to do? I mean, I had a fuller plate than I'd ever had in my life. And mm-hmm. I was afraid to answer the phone. And what did I do? I had people. I mean, I knew to the core of my being who I could reach out to. And I picked six people and no one else. And I shared all of the junk about it. And I just said, you can't fix this. I'm doing all of the things. I just need you to pray. We've reached out to the authorities, you know, I'm drowning, but I need you. Yeah. And Mm. if I didn't have that, Mm-hmm. I might have gone under. I mean, I I was on the brink of just not making it through this emotional. It was just it was literally an attack from yeah. Satan. I am sure of it. Oh, and, for sure. you know, I didn't want to change my phone number. And I was like, I'm launching my book. You're, you know, like my social media. I was spending hours and hours trying to hide pictures and uh And it was a random stranger attack. They never really figured out who it was, but he was buying phone numbers and routing them all the which way. And there was nothing the authorities could do. And I just it was just I had a sickness in my core. Right. And so what how do you prepare for that? You're never prepared for you pick up the phone and see this horrible message. I'm looking at a picture of your girls on the golf course right now. And they weren't on the golf course, but it was an old seven-year picture that this person found. And so for me, it was, I know what to do. I have a team of people that I trust and I have poured into Mm -hmm. and they've poured into me. And having that in place, I just, Mm -hmm. I can't even speak strongly enough about how important it is that we are shored up with who we spend our time with and who we trust and knowing that it's a solid relationship and we've invested in it before we need it.
2: Wow. Yeah, that is key Mm. because I know so many people that don't have that in place that I'm just already thinking of in my brain, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Yeah, I
0: really want to say that too. We were talking with someone recently and they were telling us about a hard time they're going through and I was like, oh my goodness, that's for sure a hard time. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you should definitely feel that way. It's terrible. You know, you're not doing the wrong thing and- You feel these things. It's totally normal. And she starts crying and she goes, I don't know anybody like you. And I was like, what do you mean? And I just thought we need to be more honest and more vulnerable and better friends to people. I think we've lost the art of friendship. We've lost the art of I care about you enough that it compels my actions. Yes. Like it's all words these days. It's all like, oh, I liked your thing on Facebook or I liked your post on Instagram and I made a cute comment on it. And it's like, no, 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 not enough. No, it's not enough. Like there's uh, a child in our kid's school that's going through a hard time and the whole school is turning out for the family. The whole, not just his grade, not just his teacher, not just his friends, parents and their little group. The whole school is doing it. And it's a really good example of who we need to be as friends, real friends. If you call yourself a Christian, then you are a friend to those in need, regardless of what the need is.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the perfect marrying of alongside and hope in the hard places, because people need to be able to come alongside to fulfill that commandment of Christ to love people, right? right? But then we have to receive it. We have to be willing mm-hmm. to to allow them to do it and to be blessed by it. But we also, that way of loving people, it's like, we'll get it back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, our time will come. I mean, you say pay it forward, but I just think of my family history. My mom, you know, we lost everything. My dad was an alcoholic. We lost our home. We lost everything. Mm-hmm. And those, the the community, random strangers were giving us money and washers and dryers. And my mom has a folder from 1975 when this happened and a list of all the things that people did for our family. And so, you know, fast forward, she's a divorced woman who has 14 children and she's going back to work and every chance she could, she would say-
0: Teen children, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: One four. Okay. I am number no. one four.
0: Fourteen, what? not four yep. teenage one, four. children. No nope. fourteen children. You mean 14 one more than thirteen. I 14. do.
1: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what are you, you all bio? Like yes, every one of us. You're
0: number fourteen.
1: I am. That's rad. How much How older is the oldest that? than you? Surprise. Um, <laughs> no, he was nineteen years older. So well, uh, really fast boom 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 busy 100% Irish family Yeah How neat Christmas must be amazing at your house It, it is it's so amazing but like you
0: can and see at the- that time that had to be it, horrible. I mean can you even imagine like I think if anything happened to Laura and I have to take care of two kids by myself and everything else in my life I would be drowning like when you get the flu you still are a parent if there's nobody yeah. else there, wouldn't you? My friend Johnny, his wife passed away. He's a real single dad. Like He's dad hey. all day, all night, 365 days a year. His parents help out. They're amazing. And he's the only parent. And so you got an alcoholic dad, and then your parents get divorced, and she knows I am on my own with 14. Regardless of how old the oldest is at yeah. that point – You're still a mom. You still get the call of, I feel bad. This is going on in my life. I need sympathy. I need care. I need whatever. You got 14 of those that thought has to be crazy overwhelming and to have strangers come out of the woodwork and be like, Oh, here you go. Here it shows mm. that from nineteen seventy five, what forty three years later, almost forty four years later, yeah. still has the notebook of who did what for me back in that day. Wow. That's how much it yeah, meant. Right? That's
1: I know huge. Oh. Yeah. It just shakes you to your core. And then we didn't have a lot, right? She's back to work and she worked at a hotel and was working 70 and 80 hours a week. And, you know, we're going to friends and hanging out wherever we can when she's at work. But in the end, whenever she had margin to do so, she loved other people. I mean, she would make, you know, cookies by the, I think, a 6X recipe of Toll House is what she made when she made cookies. And she would always bag them up into 12s and 24s. And, you know, Sarah, take these over here to the neighbor who has MS and take these to here. And and so I learned at that young age, even though it was very hard for me to watch all the wonderful treasures leave the house. (laughs) Like what? You're giving away all the cookies? But I learned that it's about giving it away. You know, the, the Mm. common term we say now is this paying it forward. But I mean, it's just even deeper than that. It's, it's born out of kind of that James passage where it talks about faith without action is Mm. dead. And And what an easy thing,
0: like when you bake cookies to do a double, triple, quadruple recipe, not that big of a deal. Like for real, not that big of a deal. You're already getting all those things out. And especially if you're making from scratch, it's, I mean, it's It's pennies. Like I, I'm crazy about cooking and baking and all that stuff. And I just wrote down: when you bake, do way more and then give it away. There's always, everyone always wants cookies. Everyone always wants cookies. There's never a time where you go to your office or your friend's office or your church office or someone's house and you've got fresh baked cookies that they're gonna be like, oh. Uh no, no, thanks. No, thanks. Like <laughs> even your keto friend, even your paleo
1: friend. Right,
0: right. Even your friend fasting will
1: <laughs> on. Yeah, they're right. going to be like, ooh, cookies. Save yay. them. Save them till the Fun fast the is shrimp. over. Yeah. yeah. I'm coming to the sous vide though, Ryan, that you're making, that yeah. I see on the gram all the time, all the food. I'm like, why do you live so far away from me? Yeah, oh, you yeah. got to come up and try oh, some. Oh, and
0: yeah, I'm all about it too. Like we're having people over. Yes, I am. And- for me, too, one of my joys is showing people how to do it. Like, right. like oh, like we were with someone the other night and they have an instant pot, a brand new instant pot. And they're like, oh, you know, it's so scary. I'm like, what? No, it's not. Just like, right out. This is just a part of us. I'll ruin food. And the two things that make it worth it is one, Laura doesn't care. Totally doesn't care. Doesn't get on my case. Doesn't put me down. Doesn't tell me, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you wasted all that food. And the other thing I get to do is I was a really bad parent for the first eight years of Lincoln's life. Like, I was binary and black and white and I put tons of pressure on him and I was not a good parent. I like People are like, oh, it can't be that bad. It was terrible. Like, for real, mm. I was not a good parent. And... When I ruin food, I'll be like, hey, dude, watch this. And I'll just throw it all away. And he's like, oh, daddy. I'm like, I know, it's terrible, all that food to waste because most of life is failure. Just scoop it out, yeah. throw uh, it away, start uh, over again, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And I'll that's it- kind of what we have to be aware of when it comes to, you know, the alongside aspect is loving people like we can fail, but better to fail if having tried. And that was the whole reason I wrote the book was so that you would have ways to do it without, you know, being afraid of what to do. But yeah, and then hope in the hard places just becomes that extension of like, I just can't, skip that person of the equation right Mm -hmm. the person who's literally drowning themselves and what do I do what are my practical tools what is my biblical truth what's my roadmap
2: so what are some of the common themes that you see that people are having that you know I'm sure tons of people are reaching out to you with this book I know I would if I saw you like what are some of the common threads or vibes that you're getting from people out there
1: Well, I think like we talked earlier, and it really hits that chord, is like people are feeling like they have permission. And there's a whole section about like mental illness and anxiety and how it's very real and it's okay and like you you know, that that whole notion. Um and I let me ask you this then.
0: Yeah. On the permission part. So I know this is for people going through the hard time and accepting help, things like that. Awesome. And if I know someone's going through a hard time and they're pushing away. Are there is there anything I can say that says, hey, you have permission to get help? I know you need help. I know it's hard to get help. I know it's awkward. And you need help. You have permission. Like, is there anything you can do to encourage that person to accept the help?
1: Gosh, yeah. I mean, like, as the friend, I, I think that's exactly it. I mean, I interviewed lots of people. And one of the gals had, like, this, you know, she was divorced and then found out her husband had been cheating and, you know, had two kids. And then she got breast cancer. So all of that wrapped up into one and she yeah. went into a deep dive depression and her friend just literally just kept calling her every day in the morning. Okay, mm-hmm. you need to get out of bed. she's like, I- I'm not ready. I can't get out of bed yet. And she'd call her back 15 minutes later and be like, okay, it's time, time to get out of bed. Are you mm-hmm. out of bed yet? And she did that for months. And finally she said, I really think this friend said to my friend that I interviewed for Hope in the Hard Places, she's, her friend said to her, I think it's time. I, it's okay. If you need a little help to get through this and Mm. this isn't normal and you've tried to do it on your own and you've given it your best shot and it's okay to need help. And so she did, she went on some medication and she said it just was what she needed the edge to get, get out of the pit. Yeah. 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 So there's, I mean, that story's in the book and, you know, so it's really, um, Gosh, we can't we can lead them to water as our friend, but we can't make them drink. But it's also that whole notion that we talked about in alongside is this relationship tiers and how well do you know someone and when's it appropriate? Like it's not probably appropriate for me to tell Laura what to do. I mean, I love you guys dearly, but like we're tier three friends. We don't get to hang out on weekends or see each other regularly and we talk once a year and comment on social media like we're tier threes. But so it's not my place to say, Laura. You need to get some medication to help you if you know if that was yeah, your thing. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So it's about trust. And again, how do we help ourselves in the hard place? We, we build up that circle of trust, that circle of people that Mm. can help us and speak truth to us. And that's really like one of my favorite principles of the book is encouraging people to have truth speakers in their life Mm -hmm. or mat bearers, if you will. Like if you want to think about the four guys taking the paralytic to Jesus, that, that whole notion of like, who is going to carry your mat for you and, and building that up in your life before you need it, because you will. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can speak to that. I went through my divorce and crashed into clinical depression, like sleeping 16, 18 hours a day. And then watching TV, the rest, like I lost my job. My house was in foreclosure. All my bills were past due. Like I was for sure spiraling out and, and, it was an older friend, my friend Lindsey Spathy. Lord knows who this is, mm-hmm. kept calling. No, he called one day. I'd borrowed a wetsuit from him for six months ago, and he called and asked for it. I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally bring it back. Like, no big deal. And I felt like I was talking to him just like I am now. And he goes, hey, man, is everything okay? And I go, what? And he goes, you don't sound that good. Are you okay? And I was like, uh. no, I'm not. I'm bad. I'm really bad, and he asked what was going on, and I was going through a divorce. It was just terrible, and he just kept calling, he kept calling, and it really irritated me. It drove me crazy. <laughs> it, but he he wasn't mean. He wasn't right. he wasn't really pushy. He just never stopped. He right. kept calling, asking if I'd go surfing with him and his friends. He just kept calling and kept calling. And it'll be okay. And I won't tell him who you are. And don't worry about it. And we're really nice. And da da da. I finally went. I went one time. Well, the first time. And he was like, Oh, we meet at my house at, at five. And I was like, A.M. <laughs> <laughs> that should be against the law. Like, what are you talking about? 5 a.m. I almost quit on the spot. He got me out of the house in the sun, in the water, for the very first time. That day changed my life. That day right. changed every last. Thing about me, he was with a group of guys that were morning people, and I can't, I couldn't stand morning people. And they were all happy in the morning and drinking coffee. And right, and I got on my very first wave, and all those guys screamed and yelled, and I felt good for the first time in years. In years, it was the first time I had joy. It was the first time I felt a little bit of relief. It was the first time I could breathe. He probably called. I'm not kidding 75 times, a hundred times. Wow. And, and I say he wasn't pushy. He wasn't really mean. He just kept calling. He yeah. just never stopped.
2: So in that, I have a question. Cause I, I've been thinking I'll just throw myself under the bus on this. I have some friends that I would say they're close, but not too close that are, that I know are struggling that I want to help, but in my brain, I feel like I don't have the capacity or I'm already helping too many other people and it would take away from my family and take away from my marriage. What would you say to those people that... I know this is different. This is like more probably alongside question. Um, yeah, but I'm was just good. wondering, like, what do you do for those people that you you know it, you can you sense it, you pray for them as much as you can,
0: and they're but, not getting the help they need. But
2: you can't help them yeah. because you're already strapped doing what you're doing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. So there's one thing that I usually recommend: is Is there a way that you could do one simple thing instead of having to be there for the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. So could you bring one meal, and know that you did something, or could you, you take? You
0: could let me cook because I love. Right, it.
1: right. Sign your husband up. That's exactly what you should do. Is volunteer Ryan?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll totally do it. I cook all the time. I can make double. Like what you said is so easy. When I'm making food for the family, I just make twice as much and then pack it up in a cooler because that keeps it warm too and then bring it over. Like, just, hey, we're cooking dinner tonight. We'll cook it for you too. Don't worry.
1: Right, but but Laura, to finish... When we're in the middle of our own hard place, that's when we do need to give ourselves a little permission to realize that we are in a place that we can't be as serving other people right now. Yeah. And so I would say if you had the, I usually keep a stack of cards on hand, Mm -hmm. just like a pile of them. And I love Trader Joe's cards. And I know you guys don't have one right by you. We we just got one one now. Yeah.
0: Right down the street.
1: Okay, so I buy the $1 cards from Trader Joe's and I keep a stack of them in my drawer so that I can just, I can always find time to write a quick note and put something in the mail. And it's such a lost art. And the reason we don't do it is because we have to go to the store and get a card and find the stamp. And I keep a whole pile of it all at the ready so that I can just be, and then I just let myself off the hook, right? And I've been going through, you know, book launch and lots of other things happening and really just, just a crazy season for me. And, you know, this year we have two graduates, a high school and a college. My daughter just went abroad and, you know, getting her out the door. Um, my son is getting married in June. Um, Mm. the book is releasing in March. We're going to speak on a marriage Chris in July. I'm sending a kid to college in August. Like I just, I feel (laughs) like, am I going to be able to get through 2019? And a sweet dear friend of mine who was helpful with my first book. And I interviewed for the second book just she had melanoma and or lymphoma. I won't get it right, but it ended. It, she anyway, she passed away January 2nd oh, I'm and sorry. I had gone to visit her before Christmas, but then I hadn't gotten to see her and I missed the funeral because I was out of town and there was a meal train that I had been helping just organize. And there was people like, can you do this? Can you do that? And and I just kind of said, this is what I'm able to do. I can send an email and tell them to pick up their dishes from you. But I, I can't go get all the dishes. I mean, it was just yeah. I just didn't have the margin. But then here I am feeling guilty that I can't even get to the funeral. Now we know that sometimes being at the funeral isn't really even helpful in the sense that they wouldn't remember you're there. And it sounded like there was so many people. And he the sweet husband was there in you know five hours and he probably doesn't even remember any of the conversations. So right we did one little more like six meal thing and five of the six were taken. And I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. But just in my heart, I thought I'm making time because this might be my last one connection with her sweet husband. And so I, you know, six o'clock on a weeknight. I cooked them their own, his favorite food. I've made it for him four or five times over this two and a half year journey. He loves the green chili chicken enchiladas. So I met him at his workplace, brought him the enchiladas and I planned on staying in the parking lot. I absolutely knew that he would want to talk and he talked for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Wow! And I just listened mm. and it wasn't about the food. It was like, this is my funeral time for him. And yeah. he just yeah. needed to vent and download. And I can't be there ongoing for him long-term and his family. I, I They live an hour away. You know, like, yeah. I yeah. know that's not my place, but my place was that meal that day, that conversation. Okay. And I was able to deliver him a book and, like, write in it and just explain to him, like, I interviewed your wife and her story is here. Mm, oh, Beautiful. It's yeah. kind of, like, much to think about, but yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, for that sure. That is beautiful. For sure. And here's the thing that you want to tell people, too. It's what you could do
1: it's what I could do. You
0: did what you could do. You can't be, you can't feel guilty or shame for what you can't do. You just have to do what you can do and then be okay with that. And
1: be obedient to that. Yeah. Like you were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it wasn't easy. I mean, I'm just going to say that straight out. It's not, it's always going to be a great, easy choice that I have a free week and I'm going to, you know, (laughs) spend four hours making dinner or whatever. I, I don't, I have no time, but I just carved it out because I needed to be intentional in showing him that exact thing, the love of Christ, that your wife mattered, Mm. that her story is imprinted in this book. And I want you to have your hands on it before anyone else gets it. And, and you matter your, that Mm. you love chili chicken enchiladas matters to me and your matters and your conversation and what you need to dump matters.
2: Yeah. Mm. Sarah, you're such a great example
0: yeah, Thank you. For sure. Definitely. Mm. I want to give one more thing people can do too. And especially if, if you're like a tier one and you know somebody well, there are so many other ways you can send food. You can do Uber Eats or Postmates or Grubhub. You, know, you can be like, hey, dude, what are you in the mood for? Everybody delivers now. I can send you yeah. anything you want. I'm not coming over. I know you don't want to see anybody, but someone's going to come bring food to your door. I already tipped them on the app. Like no big yeah. deal. There's a lot of those things we forget about or, you know, cleaning services or whatever just to be like, hey, pro is coming over, going to do blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually much easier if it's a service than if it's like you saying I'm coming to your house to clean. I mean yeah. I'm just – say that because people have said to me i don't want you coming over and touching my dirty laundry or you know that kind of thing but a service is like that's what they do and there's no personal relationship involved and like i have to tidy before you come and you know all that baggage yeah Yeah. i just did one for
0: laura a week ago laura just had surgery she can't lift um there's lots of things she's not allowed to do and lucy got sick in her car and barfed everywhere and Uh. yeah I don't have the the bandwidth to clean up barf in the car right now. Like I just, I don't have it. No one should ever have that kind of bandwidth. (laughs) And I can take it to a car wash. I just, I didn't have the time to do it. There's too much going on. And I went on Groupon and found a car detailing place that'll come to your house. It was a great deal. I'm not kidding. It looks brand new. Like did, that guy yeah. got in there and scrubbed all the barf out and got it out of the seat and got it out of the floor mats and then shampooed it and vacuumed it and waxed it and it looks brand new and it smells amazing. And it's like, wow. oh, I didn't have to do... Uh, yes, it cost me money. Okay, I didn't have to like get down to my fingernails or a brush or whatever tool this guy had and scrub barf out of the car. It's just right. done. And it needed to be done and so... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: some things are worth paying for. Absolutely. That's one of them.
0: Sarah, we love you. Thank Thank you so much. We can't wait for the book to come out. We love that you come on the broadcast. Hope
1: in the hard places. Hope
0: in the hard places. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great one.
1: Yes. Thank you. Come back on again soon. I will. Awesome. Thanks so much for
0: listening, Rebels. We appreciate you. We appreciate the voice of the martyrs persecution.com the voice of the martyrs has been helping those in countries hostile to our gospel those who are persecuted for so many decades and we love them for helping those in need and for sponsoring a crazy show like rebel parenting check them out at persecution.com
2: rebel parenting is produced by rebel media house and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting and everyone does you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444 That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444 We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.